Hello, friends, and welcome into the Talking Shop Football Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Matera. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl next week, Rams, Bengals. But this week, we're going to have a special all 100% golf episode of the podcast. And for that, I'm going to bring in the person in my life that knows the most about golf, my uncle, America's guest. He's going to be joining us shortly to discuss what it's like to meet Jack Nicholas. Where does Tom Brady play his golf in retirement? The history behind some of the greatest golf courses in the United States. And he's also going to deliver his top nine list of the greatest private golf courses in the United States. So without further ado, let's get some balls rolling here and let's begin. Welcome. Football pod. Your host, Matthew Matera. Football in the States is my specialty. That's how we did this show. Right. Tampa Bay is an excellent, excellent football team. You ready to let the dogs out? You think it's so funny, huh? Funny how? I'm really trying to sort of keep it together and be like cool about this. They kick the ball off to you, you get the ball. You run with the ball, they tackle you. A lot has been made about the great running banks. The New York Giants. So many good things have been happening. Let us begin. We're here with a man who wants only to be described as America's guest. And we're going to go through your list of the nine greatest private golf courses in the United States of America. But I'd like to start with this. Can you take us through your journey into the golf world? Maybe you can please reflect back on when and where and how did you get hooked to the game? Yeah, so it was actually uh, really the very beginning was his grandpa. Right. Uh, he was a wall street guy, as you know, and he would golf on the weekends. And, uh, I was mesmerized by the hickory shafts that he had when he (laughs) originally started, uh, and he just started playing and it was, uh, kind of got hooked. Once you hit a ball pretty pure on the club face, uh, that feeling makes you come back every single day. I don't care if you shoot a hundred. So that's how it happened. What was the first, uh, private course you played with grandpa outside of grassy hills or Oak or one of these one of those local ones yeah well like mill river comes to mind mm. uh, that doesn't exist anymore does it uh not really no it's turned into something else and then um um the other one in um uh bronson oh bronson, yeah fairfield and we used to play there in high school as well so it's kind of a little comeback tour for me but yeah, that was uh, that was fun. But we never played any of the big courses that you see today. Some of the, you know, Pebble Beach and some of the big golf courses. Grandpa wasn't one to travel much, so it was always local. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those short 6,400 courses in Connecticut that uh, didn't That's have any it. room to expand. Because <laughs> he was down the middle of two, 240, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've got your list here. Why don't we do it this way? I'll, I'll set you up with the uh with the name maybe a little tidbit about the course and then yeah you just go ahead and uh and 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 dive into it so greatest private courses first course winged foot new york designed by aw tillinghouse uh Mm -hmm. toasted two usams a us open and a pga championship yeah yeah most recently the 2020 i think it was uh open but they got two golf courses the east and the west and uh the west is uh just an incredible golf course Tillinghouse also had his hands uh at augusta national as well as um um a couple of 
big golf courses in Northern California um, that were just classic golf courses to this day. He actually lived on uh, number four over at Paso Tiempo, which huh. is just north of Pebble Beach. So uh, Pine Valley too, I think, right? Yeah, a little bit of Pine Valley. Uh, and then, of course, Gil Hans is getting his hands in everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, he's sort of the new Donald Ross. But, you know, we actually, the way we got onto Wingfoot was actually through a charity auction. And that's where most of them, happen if you don't know a member you can actually go to some pretty cool events and um, uh, bid for the highest foursome and you go out and play with a member typically they let you play five some with a member sometimes you have to play four so you get to bring two buddies but um, you know Wingfoot is special it's not a great driving range it's a beautiful clubhouse um, they actually use some of the uh, golf course like Oak Hill during uh during a, a major championship to have the pros hit off of a regular hole on a different course uh, <laughs> because the driving range is so small and tight. But the history around Wingfoot, just it's hard to beat that golf course uh, over 100 years old and just a building to prove it. So, But it is probably 70, I bet you they can put it to 7,600 yards. It's just a wow. long beast. And we'll play it at 68, 67. That's plenty, <laughs> yeah. that's plenty long. <laughs> plenty long. Actually, when we went to see the PGA uh, at Baltusrol, I think they were using the the like they have two courses there as well. I think the east or the west, they were using one of them as a parking lot as well. So, man, you gotta if you're pulling up on the fourth hole at a private course with your with your car, you better drive nice and carefully. Hopefully, it's not wet or anything. Not raining. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Second one on the list: the Country Club of Brookline which is located in Brookline, Massachusetts, designed by Willie and Alex Campbell. The, uh, the movie, The Greatest Game Ever Played, was, uh, was actually based on a 20-year-old American that had a local caddy that defeated uh, two of the greatest British golfers to ever play the game. They had seven majors between them, and a uh, no-name 20-year-old American took down the 1913 U.S. Open there, uh, toasted four U.S. Opens, a Ryder Cup, and six U.S. Ams. The Country Club will be hosting the U.S. Open for the fourth time next year. But it's the first time since 1988 when Curtis Strange defeated Nick Faldo in a playoff. Yeah, so again, I was lucky enough to play the Country Club of Brookline. Francis, we met, who actually won that with his caddy, who must have been probably 12 years old or something. If you watch <laughs> the movie, it's pretty cool. But it's this classic yellow clubhouse. Um old school where Justin Leonard actually made that real long putt in the Ryder Cup that uh, the Europeans thought was uh, a pretty bad idea for them to celebrate in that green. Um, but that was, uh, again, another charity um, event that my uh, buddy won and invited me to, hence the name America's Guest. And it was uh, uh, just, you know, the funny thing about that, I was off of a four-day Pebble Beach trip and came in came home and flew and and drove up the next day to play the country club of Brookline. So it was kind of a interesting <laughs> scenario, but um, just classic golf course. And, and Francis, we met's house uh, still stands, still the same color. They kept it the same. The folks who own it now, uh, this is the golf course that he was, would go under the fence to play again, to play golf. And <laughs> um, you know, it's the same house at the very end of the driveway at, uh, at the country club of Brookline. So special place and very apropos today as uh, Tom Brady and Giselle actually live off the, the front nine somewhere. I don't recall the, where the house is, but they have a beautiful home. Yeah. The golf course at the it took him club. a little bit of time to get in, to get, to get his member status. Right. Yeah. 
now, now he's got a little more time to play after today. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's got plenty of time now. Yeah, um, a great, great golf course. Very, uh, you know, you can play a golf course and not remember the holes. Here, you can, you can remember the holes. So that's when you know you're in a classic place. Now they have 27 there, right? And I think that's like right. the, when they have a major there, they it's not necessarily two of the three courses. Um, I think it's like a mix, right? Of 18 holes. It's sort of a reroute for major championships. Is yeah, that right? They'll yeah, they'll reroute it to play a, a full 18. That that uh, actually uh, meanders its way through the the property instead of uh, playing the 18 that the members play every day. They actually probably I think incorporate three or four holes from the other nine. Awesome. All right. Yeah. This next one on the list, only one that comes in that I've, that I've played. Pretty familiar with this course, thanks to you and the in invitation that you extended to me. I think three different years now. Um, so coming in at the third course on the list, Oak Hill Country Club, Pittsburgh, New York, designed by Donald Ross, two USAMs, three US Opens, three PGAs, one Ryder Cup. Yeah, I can say it's it's long and it's really tough and the rough they grow out and it's it's a it's a it's a good course really good course yeah. yeah it's a great course it's um something that where we hold our our charity event every year for the last eight or nine years great donald ross design again the east and the course and the west course east hosts all the major championships uh the west is no slouch it's just a it's a great track as well and um probably the most famous was the uh, 95 Ryder cup where U.S. lost by a point, I believe, uh, mm. to Europe. And at that point, you had Seve Ballesteros on there. I mean, you had a lot of the classic European guys playing golf uh, at Oak Hill, but just a very penalizing golf course, rough up to your knees sometimes. And the membership likes to overseed it and uh, make it extremely difficult. So if you don't lose two sleeves of balls, then you're probably not playing the course right. <laughs> it's crazy good. Uh, and again, classic clubhouse, bowling alley in the basement. Uh, fortunate enough to play there probably 40 times. Awesome. Uh, yeah, just being part of uh, the charity event. And, and those guys are so wonderful and hospitable. And you think Rochester, New York, you're not thinking golf courses, but uh, a lot of Donald Ross up in Rochester. Monroe Golf Club comes to mind mm -hmm. too, just a great track. Yeah, the the members always are are so like, I don't know, the three, three times I've gone, they're like so happy to have us there and like talk about their course. They're so proud of it and stuff, so. And that's yeah. a mark, mark of a great, great place to be. Yeah. Jack Nicholas had won there back in the eighties. Trevino won there. I mean, it's got Curtis strange won his second. Remember he was at Brookline and he won, um, he won the U S open and then went to, uh, to Oak Hill and won mm -hmm. it two years in a row. Uh, and that's the only person to ever do that was Ben Hogan back then. And that was the famous move over Ben as Curtis strange would say in his uh, acceptance speech in 89. Um, was his uh, second in a row U.S. Open, so pretty cool place. Yeah, what do you think about the redesign they did a couple of years ago? So they took out a lot of trees, um, and I think the biggest change that I noticed playing it before and after was that that uh, that par three on the back nine that used to have the water that uh, ran right up to the edge of the green. Um, they completely removed that pond, right? Um, yeah, just they filled, yeah, yeah, they filled that in. Uh, they rerouted uh, actually the water. They actually pumped it out of there. It was actually put in during a, another redesign, mm -hmm. which um, they brought in uh, Trent Jones. And Trent Jones kind of put a spin of this Florida-type golf course on a couple of the holes, which really didn't work. And it didn't work uh, you know, for many, many years. And Oak Hill finally just said, you know what? We've got our old plans. We're going to go back to the old Ross design. So they incorporated 
the fifth part, uh, the fifth hole, which was a par three that they took out when Nicholas said it was the worst hole on the, on the tour. <laughs> uh, and they put that back in the rotation. They redesigned uh, the front a bit. Now it's just a, a classic golf course, the way Ross had, des- had designed it. And um, it uh, they probably took out, I think it was, I think it was 4,500 trees. Now Oak Hill's Jeez. got a lot of trees anyway, <laughs> so it doesn't look like they took anything out. But you can see that the greens are breathing much better. And the grass is growing in areas that uh, that they were struggling with. So they did a great job with the redesign. It took them a while, but uh, it's finished and it opened last year. We got to play it, and uh, I think they did just a phenomenal job with it. Awesome. All right, moving on to number four on the list, we've got uh, we've got Pine Valley. Pine Valley in western New Jersey, only 20 miles from Philadelphia, has been called the world's most demanding golf course. Pine Valley, designed by Tillinghouse again, two Walker Cups and a Crumb Cup Cup, which is played annually, which is a the premier mid amateur event of the year. Um, but this place is a bit mysterious. So this is the one where it's great to have somebody who's been inside of the ropes. I mean, they've never really hosted a major, as far as my research, uh, um, uh, conclu- you know, as, as far as my research goes, they never hosted a major. It's because you just can't get a lot of people in there. It's really tight. Um, it's just in the middle of a forest, right? And you, and there's nowhere for people to to sort of spectate. Um, yeah. And you don't get a lot of looks at this place because of that reason. So tell us yeah. about it. Yeah. So Pine Valley is 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 just like you said. I mean, it is uh, in a town of its own, in the town of Pine Valley, which is removed from, I forget which uh, district of Pennsylvania that they're in, but it's about an hour uh, away from Atlantic City. But they have their own police force. They have their own fire department. Um, they have uh, residents who live there throughout the golf course. And you really can't see any of the residences, but uh, they're very well done. And they're all named. If you went to Pebble Beach, you'll see all these houses are named. It's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. And Pine Valley has been voted the number one golf course in America for I don't know how long. But yeah. it's very exclusive. It goes back and forth with Augusta National as the number one golf course. Uh, and I got to tell you, it's a... Um, there's a tremendous amount of sand there. I think sand mm. was very cheap a hundred years ago and they put it everywhere, but there's not one rake on the whole place. Everything, <laughs> the wind and the rain, uh, actually, you know, uh, there's no rake needed for the bunkers because there are no bunkers. They're all waste areas. Huh. Um, so it's a very difficult golf course, a lot of carry, um, tons of sand around the greens. Greens aren't that big. Um, but it is a, uh, you know, you go there, uh, they have the world famous coleslaw there. If you like coleslaw, I mean, that's <laughs> the place. Then to go is Pine Valley. Yeah. And the Walker Cup has been there. Uh, they filmed Shell's Wonderful World of Golf there back in the day. And so it is very exclusive. It's very difficult to get on there. Again, a friend of mine was able to get on. Uh, he goes probably five times a year, invited me. I played there three times already. And I'll awesome. uh, be honest with you, as much as people say they love to play Pine Valley, I, I hate to say this, but I don't think I need to go back. A, it's that difficult. B, it's you play it once or twice. I think that's enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, pretty cool to have played it once or twice. I mean, yeah. not a lot of people can say they've been out there once, not multiple times. So pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, um, all right. Moving on to a place where I've been to see some tournaments and walk the grounds quite a bit. Never actually played there. Kind of saving up saving up for that but um pebble beach golf links so coming in number five on the list um interesting i started doing research on this you know there's not one person that designed pebble beach you know it was originally designed by j 
Jack Neville, Douglas Grant, then Chandler Egan comes along and makes some changes. McKenzie got his hands on it. Even Jack Nicholas redesigned that par three fifth hole. Um, I think they had to buy the land. It took a while to get the land. And then when they finally got it, they had another hole on the water and they, yeah, they put the par three there. Um, But just so much history of this place. So, uh, you know, Tiger won the U.S. Open by 15 shots there. You know, they've hosted six U.S. Opens, five USAMs, a PGA Championship. Um, and it's just like a beautiful course, too, right, in the Pacific Ocean. So Yeah, and what can you say about Pebble? I mean, Jack Nicklaus is one iron, and you got uh, Tom Watson's chipping on 17. I mean, there's so many. And, you know, Pebble Beach is this week, starts on Thursday. Yep, yep. Um, it's a different so, course, uh, though, in February than it is in uh, yeah. U.S. Open. Like, when you watch those two events, so they, they'll shoot 18 under this week. You know, they, February gets some good weather. It's California. The marine layer moves out for the week. And then in June, when they have the U.S. Open there, it is like a completely different place. Like, yeah. it's just, that's the that's the world I, I live in in San Francisco as well. It's just, the summers yeah. are different here. Yeah, yeah. And they'll cut the lawn from the greens back to the tee they have to avoid some of the rolls. So you're right. It's a, it's a totally different golf course. The views never change, though. It's just stunning. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if it's, I've been fortunate enough to be there I don't know. I probably played 15 times at Pebble Beach. It's so expensive to play there, though. I think it's unfortunate that it cuts out a lot of the folks who really want to go and play that golf course because it's public. Uh, but they, they, they make you stay on the golf course and, and it's very expensive to stay per night plus the golf course and the, the caddies, which you need a caddy experience to take a cart on Pebble Beach. You, you might as well go play your Muni course, uh, because you got to experience that walk, which is just insane. And, and I think, you know, you know, Jim Nance is there a lot too. And he'll hang out on, um, on seven and what he does. And I've got a couple of friends who have this is he'll actually, uh, use your phone and, and talk you through the golf shot, the golf course, like you're on television and, uh, and he'll give you the phone back and you'll have a five minute recording of Jim Nance saying, uh, he's going to pull a wedge out right now. Boy, it looks really good. Wins, 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 caption up a little bit. And so he's such a, a good guy to do that. And there's a lot of people have those on their phone because he's that, that cool of a guy. But, and he lives on the property, but Pebble Beach is so special. It is a, a, uh, a gem that sits out in the Stillwater Cove and the wind, uh, and the marine layer comes in sometimes and it blows away just as quickly. So that golf course can change all the time. Oh, yeah. When we went a few years ago to watch, there was hail, sunshine, rain, wind. And this was like a two-hour stretch. We had everything. Yeah. I mean, for the views, it can't be Pebble Beach. I think uh, for the golf course, great golf course. But Spyglass will give you a, oh, yeah. a run for your money just across the way. So, Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been working up to Pebble. I played Spyglass, played Spanish, played Poppy, uh, Del Monte even, the, 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 like, yeah. the really old one. And then, of course, Monterey Peninsula there, if you can get on there. And then, of course, Cypress, yeah. which is one that's very difficult to get on that I'm, work- I'm waiting on. So. Yeah, that'll be the next time we record this. We'll have to add Cypress to the list, bump pebble. That's right. That's right. That'll give us an even 10. <laughs> no, this is good. Nine for nine, you know, nine holes of golf. So we're perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming in next on the list is a course that I think, I believe you just played recently, right? For the first time. So this is Bears Club in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so my research shows that it was actually designed by two companies rather than a person. So Nicholas Design um in concert with peacock and lewis architects uh it's a private course um they're not trying to host any tournament golf this is a 
just a just a member's playground as far as I understand it and sort of Jack's uh you know they want it to be sort of Jack's legacy to uh to to, to golf course uh yeah. creation so yeah and when you walk into the Bears Club and again I got invited by a friend of mine who uh, needed a fourth um and when you google America's guest my name pops up so that was an easy <laughs> one for me but it um you know it is the home of Jack Nicholas, uh Michael Jordan uh, lives there on the back nine. Rory McIlroy lives there. Shane Lowry lives there. Um, a lot of pros live there. Matthew Fitzpatrick was banging balls on the range when we were there that morning. And I got to tell you, it sounds way different. Like I've never played golf after you hear a ball come <laughs> off the club of Matthew Fitzpatrick. So, you know, it, it's, but the golf course design is beautiful. Uh, it doesn't get a lot of play. Uh, it's an immaculate shape that the members, the clubhouse itself, the men's room, is better than probably any golf course uh, full locker room and restaurant that I've ever been in. And this is just the men's portion of the locker room, full bar, full dinner, full two fireplaces, huge uh, uh, tables for cards and an outdoor patio, uh, full uh, restaurant. It's just amazing. I mean, anything you ever wanted. And then wow. the fortunate thing was uh, we were able to meet Jack Nicholas a couple of weeks ago when he yeah. was in his own golf club. Uh, and he was so gracious. He came up and thanked us for playing and took pictures with us. And it's hard to believe that when you're standing face to face with a legend like that, you don't know what you're going to say until you're actually in that spot. And I must have said something, but uh, it was, I mean, he couldn't be more gracious to be at his golf club. That's really cool. What was he like as a guy? Um, did you get a sense for his personality and stuff? Yeah, he's just a normal guy. I mean, you know, you look at him, I think he just turned 82 a week ago or something. And He's just like you would think, um, you know, I never met Arnold Palmer, but you can tell that he was always happy to do autographs and take pictures. And that's exactly the way Jack was. And he was talking to a group of guys uh, where his son was playing cards uh, with some people. And they were just chit-chatting like we were chit-chatting. And uh, then he turned around, we introduced ourselves and he started talking to us. And it was uh, a memorable experience to meet uh, the greatest golfer ever to live. And you know, I would say that if I met Tiger, but other than that, I don't think I can say that. <laughs> and uh, just because this one's the most fresh, how did you how did you play that day? So we played really well. There's something about being on a golf course like that with not a lot of play, with you're in complete focus, phones off, uh, outside of taking pictures. Uh, you got the caddy who can help you read the greens, and I think that you're in every single shot, and you just play differently. You can if you can keep the distractions away. And you go to a golf course of that uh, that magnitude, you can play well. Awesome. All right, moving up the list from Florida to so we're going up to uh, into Long Island for Shinnecock. So designed by Willie Davis and William Flynn, five U.S. Opens, one USM, one Walker Cup. Uh, you could even just driving through there, which is all I did. You know, you can tell why it hosts the U.S. Open. Like this place is it's it's a link style in the U.S. And it probably gets a, a ton of wind just be hanging out there uh, at the tip of Long Island um, and lots of fescue and wispy grass and uh, uh, certainly the challenge for when the, when the pros come through there. But it must have been really cool to play yourself. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. I go back and forth uh, the courses that I played. That is a, a classic golf course links. Uh, the clubhouse sits very high up on the hill. You can see the whole golf course because there's really no trees at all at Shinnecock. And so you, there's no protection from the wind. Um, 
and you're right, that wispy grass, I mean, you'll let it grow to a couple of feet and you can hit it out of there pretty well. You can find your ball out there. The first hole just is nice little dog leg left, right. Um, everything's right out in front of you. The greens are very difficult. It borders National Golf Club, which is one of the world's best golf clubs as well. And then Sabonic just down the road. So you got, you know, when you're playing at Shinnecock, forget the history. You're thinking about these iconic golf courses that are surrounding you. And um, the way I got out to Shinnecock was that and I played there about 10 times. Uh, and I took a, a lot of friends out there. I was able to bring two guests every time I went. Nice. And I met this guy uh, in Florida where we were backed up on a par three golf tournament in Palm Beach. And he says, hey, you mind if I join you? I said, yeah, certainly. So he joined my group for like uh, probably the last three holes. He said, let me buy you a drink afterwards. I said, sure, he bought us a drink. He's about 80 at that time. And he says, listen, it was really nice of you to do that. Um, you know, if you're ever in, in New York, I'd love to take you in my club. And I said, I'd love to go. Yeah, I'm from Connecticut. Oh, great. Awesome. I said, where do you belong? He goes, you ever hear of Shinnecock Golf Club? I went, <laughs> yeah, I think I have heard about it a little Good bit. thing he and didn't so, go like, oh, it's right down the street from that. It's called yeah, uh, Shinnecock yeah. Muni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, Charlie uh, McKinney was his name. And what a nice guy. He passed away a couple of years ago. But every year we'd put a schedule together when we I'd take the ferry over from Connecticut, bring a couple of guys. And he just... We had a lot of laughs and uh, played, you know, that golf course. Anytime I asked to play or he called a text to play, uh, we were out there. And like I said, it was about 10, 12 times and, and he passed not too long ago. But that is a very special golf course to play. Shinnecock is is just one of the best, one of the best golf courses I've ever played. Awesome. Um, I realized I didn't change the background to show Shinnecock. Yeah, but yeah there it what, is. What you see those place, flags right? back there. Yeah, you see those flags are stiff in the wind all the time. Yeah. And then, of course, you got the 11th hole, which is a par three, only 150 yards up the hill, that then Hogan called the shortest par five in the world. <laughs> That's great. If you, if you go back and look at some of the video of the U.S. Open that was played there, you can see the guys going after 11, and you can get anywhere from a two to a seven. I mean, it is just mm -hmm. a crazy golf hole. All right. Moving on. We've got two left here. Coming in number eight or number two, depending on how you look at it. Oakmont. So this is in Pennsylvania, designed by Henry Founds and Tom Fazio. Um, it's hosted nine U.S. Opens, three PGA Championship, five U.S. Amateurs. Uh, it has 175 bunkers, the church pews being the most famous of them. Yeah, very cool church pew bunkers. When you see them on TV, um, it's something. But when you're actually in them, it's something else. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> mounds in these church pews, so you can kind of get in trouble a lot of different places. But Oakmont is a, um, again, like Shinnecock, uh, they pulled all the trees out of this. Uh, if you go back and look at the tape when Arl Palmer played his last U.S. Open, it was at Oakmont. It was the same day that they were chasing O.J. Simpson down the road. <laughs> uh, right, and the same day the Knicks were in the playoffs. I mean, there was a lot going on that day. But uh, wow. when you look at yeah, when you look at the Arnold Palmer footage, you'll see uh, the place is littered with trees, and that's not really how it was put together. So um, he they ended up taking all the trees out. And again, from that clubhouse, when you look over the Pennsylvania Turnpike, which actually runs below the property, you can see mm -hmm. the whole golf course in front of you. You got one, and then you got two through eight. Uh, across the street and then the rest of the golf course as you come in but drivable yeah. par fours um good great chance to make birdies in areas very difficult par fives but the 
the greens, the members like the greens running about 13 or 14. Oh, okay. So I ended up meeting a member uh, on a golf trip and invited me out there. And I played there probably five times, took some friends. And he teed, we teed off on one, which is a downhill, goes to the crest of the hill, then downhill to the green, par four, out of bounds to the right. He hit a drive down the middle, uh, as you would expect a member to do so, and then took out a putter from 120 yards downhill and putted it. It actually rolled off the green, no uh, which is where you want to be on the first hole in Shinnecock is off the green behind, and then you got to chip up and get your par. It is so, it's like putting on a concrete floor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and again, old school locker room. Uh, if you're going to take a phone call, you got to take it in the phone booth mm-hmm. uh, inside the inside the main clubhouse. The wine list is is incredible. The food is off the charts. The practice facility is great. I mean, the members at Oakmont have just a, an amazing, amazing uh, a golf course to play on. And Ben Crenshaw was there uh, mm-hmm. with Bob Ford, who was the the uh, the pro there, and looking at. Um, some of the design at Oakmont to use and some of the other things that Crenshaw's putting together, like stream song and some of the other ones in his design. So uh, just a, I go back and forth with this one and the next one we're going to talk about is the best golf course I've ever played. Okay. Okay. So maybe some of our listeners could probably guess what we're going to say here on the last one, but um, it's a, uh, it's in, it's in Georgia, little known golf course called Augusta national uh, designed by Bobby Jones, Alistair McKenzie, uh, Spieth won his first major here, 21. Tiger, 21, just a little bit younger. Tiger's last major was there. Jack's last major. Uh, they've hosted 88 major ter- championships, all Masters, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I got a couple of Masters trivia questions for you uh, after 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 you, uh, you give your you give your preview here. Go, go for it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I tell you, I've been I watched the Masters uh, on television, obviously, and I've actually watched it on site. Um, but the opportunity to play it, which I have played it twice and, uh, I won't tell you how I got out on there, but it was, um, <laughs> to go down Magnolia lane in a car and turn right into the player's parking lot, member's parking lot, uh, and to be greeted by your caddy who you'll have the whole day. It's one caddy, one bag. They, they don't carry more than that. They get to know your golf game, spend time on the range. You go inside the clubhouse, you order anything you want. There is no menu. And they'll make whatever whatever you want to eat. Uh, we were fortunate enough to play the par three uh, golf course to warm up with your wedges and eight and nine irons. Um, uh, we did, we only use the member driving range. The pro driving range is closed. It's only for the pros. It's only used you know once a year. Wow. Um, wow. But to walk through those halls and to see those pictures and to go up in the champions room and the crow's nest and it is it is you don't. The first time I didn't realize I was there. The second time I truly enjoyed uh, yeah. enjoyed the walk. And and something interesting about uh, 18 at Augusta National is when uh, you're walking up with your group, This the guy or the person who hits closest to the hole in regulation uh, walks up the fairway by him or herself and everyone else walks behind. That's the benefit of hitting it close. And I was fortunate enough to do that out of the pine straw with a four Awesome. Iron. Awesome. Dragged a four iron to about 12 feet and uh my caddy gave me my putter he goes go i go no come on with me he said no 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 you go and i walked by myself up that hill you feel like it's a sunday uh <sighs> and people are behind you it was chills up and down your spine so just the and the people were wonderful absolutely wonderful kind 
because they know it's a special place themselves. And the member that I played with uh, considers himself extremely fortunate and also feels the way I did every time he plays it, mm -hmm. which is something special. That's really cool. It doesn't get old for him either. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean by like that first time you play somewhere and then the second time, like, I mean, they're played uh, Augusta, but just like, you know, playing even a course like uh, Spyglass or Olympic out here in San Francisco, like, um, you know, the first time you're just like, you know, you, you got the wet hands, you know, and you're just like, oh, I just to keep it at play. I don't want to embarrass myself out here. Just keep moving. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, maybe in the back nine, you, you make a couple putts just because you finally settle in. But yeah. just the second time is always much better because you're just like, all right, I've been here. I know what to expect when I pull in the parking lot. Like, who's yeah. going to take my bag? Where do I go so I don't look out of place yeah. and all this stuff? And yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we didn't even take, you know, in the two times that I played the big course, we didn't even take the time to go behind 16 to hit that tiger shot. Oh, yeah. We're not, you're not thinking that you're just thinking I'm at 16 and you just want to, you know, you know, 17 is coming up here. Then you're, now you're upset because you're on 18 and that's the end of the round. And so you try you know, to skip balls over the water. No, we didn't do any skipping. Nope. <laughs> not at all. Um, um, you know, I did drop a ball in the water on 15 going over the Hogan bridge on 12 mm -hmm. is something very special. Got some nice pictures. Um, actually part 12 the first time and bogey the second time and so that was something special but that wind <clears throat> does totally uh it goes in a different direction when the 12 flag is blowing and 11 which is to the left is blowing a different way you're you're just i can't imagine the pressure on sunday mm -hmm. and trying to figure out that wind and you can see with molinari and finau and these guys who just tanked it in the water uh, yeah. as good as they are because they couldn't figure out the wind and tiger knows you know what just hit the middle of the green Let's yeah. get out of here. You know, Speed lost the Masters when Willett won because he hit two or three in the water on 12. Freddie, when when Freddie in 92, that ball stayed up on the on the hill, he knew he had won the tournament at that point because he just had to get through 12. Mm -hmm. yep. you know, they yeah, got some 13 and 15. If, yeah, the par, those par fives are yeah. totally gettable. 10, yep. 11, 12 is, is the hardest stretch on that course. So watching on TV, they always kind of mention it, it, it's hillier than it looks, than it appears. Mm -hmm. um, is that, do you find that to be true when you were there? Yeah, I mean, it's on the side of the mountain, and you don't get that front view. I mean, you know, when you look at the the coverage with the, the drone last year or two, you can get a little sense of what it looks like. But, yeah, it's built on a, on a mountain. It's a very difficult walk. It's not an easy walk at all. There's no really flat lies, and the greens are just lightning quick. Not as quick as Oakmont, Oakmont but there's lightning quick. And without a caddy, probably would have shot 10 strokes more uh, because where they were telling you to hit it, you, you just – you just couldn't believe that that was the, that that was where you need to hit it. It's crazy. If you strip away the history around the two courses, which golf course do you like better between Oakmont and Augusta? Just the golf. Yeah, just the golf. It's, I mean, with the towering pines, it's Augusta National. You know, just yeah. just for the golf. It's just a you know when you look at the mystique around it, and you look at. There's a top 100 golf course, uh, golf digest um, plaque. And there's a group of people that actually, there's thousands of people that played 99 of those 100 golf courses and, and can't play Augusta. You know, I'm fortunate <laughs> that I can, I can check that one off. And so yeah. I'm looking at trying to get out to Marion and all, Marion and all these other places, right? Yeah, but I've got yeah. the hardest one checked off. So Kiowa Island. Yeah, Kiowa, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, or the one out in Band, you know, Bandon and things oh. like that. Let me know when you go there. I I have to go back. That was amazing up there. I heard it's unbelievable. I heard Cabot Cabot is beautiful up in up in the northeast there. 
yeah canada yeah great. right over the border yeah and then there's yeah. a few along the the um west coast of uh one of the great lakes up in like wisconsin you gotta get to too like aaron hills and all those courses are up there yeah yeah yep. all right so a couple masters trivia for you here so um start with easy and work down to hard so first one who are the three i guess how do you say this so who are the three winningest golfers ever at uh at the masters mm. like who's won the most masters top three you gotta go jack tiger yep. six five yep and uh see already had gary player might be gary player uh it's arnie and then there's a slew of guys there's like four or five that have three but yeah, yeah jack is six tiger five arnold palmer four yeah four yeah all right With, of players that have played a hundred or more rounds in the masters who has the best scoring average of all time of all time so that's, that's a long career there um yeah, and just a hint, Tiger hasn't played 100. He's at like 84, 82 or 84. Yeah. So, I mean, geez, I mean, Gary Player's played a million of them over there. I say Gary Player. It's not Gary Player. Would you like to take another guess? Uh, it's got to be one of the old timers, I would think. Um, I don't know. I'm stumped. Uh, so, number three, Fred Couples. Yeah. Two, Jack Nicholas. Number one, Phil Mickelson. 106 rounds, 71.3 scoring average all time. Wow. You know, something funny about watching Freddie go around there is that he seems to be every other year in contention. You know, he's 60 now, I think, or 61. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's what I mean about knowing that golf course, where to miss it, how mm -hmm. to how to put those greens. It only comes from experience. So um, it's unfortunate that they're not long enough off the tee now, maybe you know, except for Phil. Yeah. to be able to actually compete but uh you know it, it doesn't surprise me that Freddie's right there and or philip all right last one here so um most starts in the masters tournament all time most starts ah who would that be and that i'll tell you the guy that is number one on this list he only has he has 30 made cut made cuts so he uh he had 52 starts. Only 22 times did he play less than 72 holes. Wow. Which is pretty amazing to think 30 at a major championship that he made the cut 30 times. Uh, you know what? Probably one of my one of the greatest golfers never to win a major could be Lee Westwood or Louis Ustazen. No, this is <laughs> 52 starts at Augusta. It's <laughs> yeah, gotta be. You guys are too young. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Those guys aren't uh, even 52 yet. I don't know. Who was it? Gary Player. 52 starts at Augusta, 32 made or 30 made cuts. Wow. And now he's 30 an times starter. he played the weekends. The, the weekend at Augusta. Yeah, now he's been an honorary starter for a while, too. Yeah. What a career yeah. that guy's had. Uh last question before we leave you. Kind of bring it back to the present a bit here. So uh who are you watching on tour this year? Anyone you think is gonna have a, a great year? You know, I love Westwood. I mean, it's a little emotional for me. I think I, I just love Westwood. I think that um, Adam Scott can, can get reignited a little bit here, even Justin Rose, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I got to tell you, I think um, uh, John Rahm or Rory very well might win the Masters this year. 
All right. Well, Rory's been that would be his uh his career grand slam, and he, man, he has he been just kind of far away, right, for a while. I mean, I mean, sometimes he looks close, sometimes he doesn't, but just you never really can get it together. Yeah, around I mean, that a great weekend. ball striker, but problem on the greens. And working with Brad Fax in the last couple of years, I think he's playing a lot better. So, you know, it's got to come together for anybody with putting at Augusta. So I think that you know that first major coming up in a couple of months. Um, that sets the pace for for people. I think Rory's. I think we could see a Grand Slam this year with Rory or John Rahm. I mean, it's you know to say that John Rahm's going to win the Masters, being the number one player in the world, it's not really going out on a ledge. But mm-hmm. um, you still got to win the Masters. And uh, I mean, to join Sevi, to join Olazabal, to join Sergio Garcia, and then John Rahm. That's a pretty good uh, group of Spaniards that have yeah just, could dominate that golf course. So yeah, well. We'll see. I think yeah. uh, I might I might put a little money on maybe Spieth and Morikawa. I don't know if they'll come around though. Morikawa is pretty Morikawa's, awesome. Yeah, Morikawa is unbelievable, and of course Spieth with the knowledge around that golf course, but he can, you know, he can get a quadruple bogey too. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to be able to step to the twelfth tee the same way ever again, right? It's just it'll haunt him forever. Oh, they're going to replay that every time he steps up to that tee. They'll replay those four shots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, America's guest. Um, it was awesome to get the inside insider knowledge on all these courses. And uh I think we'll have to do a back nine of this podcast maybe next season where we uh we either go through nine, you know, hopefully you'll you'll get on a few more. Maybe we could do the best nine public courses that you play oh, maybe you next go. year. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. All right, awesome. Thanks so much right. for coming on. Thanks Talk to you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye. I'm sorry. I'm a little late. I, uh, uh, part of me forgot. The other part of me fell asleep <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> so sorry about that.